Welcome to the Imperfect Church Podcast, a podcast for the imperfect church and the imperfect pastors that lead them. I'm Ryan Reed. And I'm John Martin. And this is the Imperfect Church Podcast. All right. Today is a good subject. Yep. I'm it's excited. It's going to be fun. Yep. I, we um, are continuing our Christmas narrative. Yep. Yep. I've been preaching on this the last couple of weeks. Yep. So we're just going to play one of John's sermons. <laughs> no, we're not either. <laughs> <laughs> it would be worse than this podcast is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> last week... Uh, we talked about our favorite hymns, and uh, so that was fun for us. <laughs> it may not have been fun for it's you. It's really fun for me. I'm yeah. going to be singing hymns the rest but, of the uh, Yeah. But today we're going to go uh, and talk about the subject of most of those hymns. Because okay. most of the hymns that we talked about were about... Jesus. They were about Jesus. That's right. We, and particularly, they were about the incarnation of Jesus. That's right. The coming of Christ right. to dwell the, on earth. The enfleshment of Christ. The enfleshment of Jesus. And so today we're going to talk about that incarnation. Mm-hmm. And and we know uh this is our second really theological discussion. Yeah, right? so we're going to we're going to continue that. This is part of our series of uh plain theology for practical people. Right, right. Or it's... practical theology for plain people. <laughs> well, so we did uh we did Revelation. We did Revelation. Yeah. And so today we're going to do the incarnation. Right. And some of those topics too, I can just kind of interject this uh as we're closing out <coughs> season 1. Today is our, this is our 25th episode. 25th, that's right. Yeah, and so next week will be 26, which will release a little early. That's right. Uh, and that'll finish season one. Mm-hmm. And so after the new year, season two will start, and we're going to, we're going to sprinkle in some of this theology. And uh, maybe there's some theological ideas that you think I'd like to hear their take on it. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, so let us know those. So yeah. We can sprinkle them in. So just uh, could comment, send us a, send us a, a message, a Facebook, a Twitter, whatever you got, yeah. and, and we'll, we'll sprinkle those in. A little bit. The songs are not too hard. That's right. That's right. Yeah, we we like we like the. Uh, of course, we're we're dealing with the incarnation today, so uh, which is kind of deep. It's, it's deep. Yeah, it it's, is. I mean, and it's, I, you know, we've said this before that this is one of those things that could go on and on forever. That's right. That's yeah, right. So we're going to try to limit subject. it to the incarnation, and we're going to try not to get into um, everything else because as we look at, at at theology in general, especially biblical theology. Uh, some of these topics just blend so easily into others, yeah, yeah. Uh, and we could continue talking about uh, the nature of Christ, uh, the person and work of Christ, his mm-hmm. active and passive righteousness, and we can yeah. get all into that, but we're going to try to stick with the incarnation, yeah. Uh, yeah. maybe even uh, dabble in uh, the hypostatic union and yeah. the virgin birth. Yeah, I think you have to. You got you have to. have to talk mm-hmm. about that, especially since it's Christmas. That's right. It's Christmas. <laughs> it's, Christmas, Christmas it's Christmas. It's Christmas. It's Christmas. That's right. So we've got our eggnog ready. We're ready to go. That's right. We're all eggnogged up. <laughs> <laughs> Let's begin with a uh, biblical support for the incarnation. So this is good to read and understand in your theology books, but Ryan, where does it come from? Well, if we want to, if we want to go right to the heart of the incarnation, we need to begin with John's prologue. Yeah, certainly. Uh, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Uh, skip on down a few verses, and the Word uh, became flesh and yeah. dwelt among us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that that's the idea of the word, the the preexistent, the pre-incarnate word of God, uh, Christ. Sure, put on human flesh and tabernacled and dwelled among yeah. us. Yeah, uh, that 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 is, uh, I think, the most clear presentation of the incarnation. But it's not the first, um, John. No, if you it's wanna... not. It's not. Let me. And I want to interject this too. That that prologue has always been interesting to me because two verses of scripture in the midst of that chapter, John. <laughs> Gives his birth narrative, yeah, mm-hmm. and it's kind of an odd, it's an odd place for that, I mm-hmm. think. But but if you what John's doing, I think is John is saying this man is different than I am, yeah, right. Uh-huh. And so in that prologue as well, we get that the Word became flesh, 
But we also get this, he was born just like I was born kind That's of right, idea. Yeah. But mm-hmm. if you want to go further, then I think you have to go into the Old Testament, particularly the prophecies. And one of the prophecies that we we hang our hat on as believers is the prophecy of Isaiah. Yeah. And and Isaiah uses a, a word to describe God, mm-hmm. or he will be called, it says, mm-hmm. he will be called Emmanuel. Right. Which mm-hmm. Emmanuel means God with us. So even in the prophecy, we have this idea that this long expected Jesus mm-hmm. would be God That's right. with us. That's right. That yeah. he would be the presence of God. Even the great um, uh, Emmanuel, uh, Emmanuel passage, uh, the Prince of Peace passage, uh, unto us a child is is born, unto us a son is given. Uh, right? Even that language hints at uh, not the son coming into existence, but the son coming to us. Right. Uh, and so uh, just all of those great uh, Old Testament prophecies uh, come into fulfillment. And if we read the Matthew narrative, for example, mm-hmm. you know, Matthew Matthew written uh, to right. a primarily Jewish, Jewish audience yeah. to defend uh, Christ, uh, his Messiahship. Right. Um, you're going to look at that, and 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 uh, Matthew is going to bring up some of these great verses yeah. uh, where yeah. the prophets were pointing to uh, the Word becoming flesh. Yeah, and and this idea of the incarnation, man, it it is uh, it's deep, it's deeply <coughs> rooted in the biblical communication to us from God, right? Yeah. Um, but it's also been a, a controversy throughout the history yeah. of Christianity. And uh, as we look today, we're going to talk about some of those controversies. Yeah. We're going to talk about some of those heresies. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we will not be heretical ourselves. Yeah, I hope not, right? Uh, <laughs> but, so, but if, but if you if you jump in our time machine with us and you go all the way back to the first century, uh, and you you are a Christian right after uh, the apostles, right? You're the heir to the apostles, and you're trying to figure out the scriptures. You're trying to yeah. study them and and rightly divide them based on apostolic teaching, mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. look. And you have a question concerning the nature of Jesus. Yeah. You can't pull off uh, from your shelf all Wayne Grudem right. and search. You, I mean, you don't have that. Yeah, uh, yeah. You can't. You can't look to Calvin or Augustine. You can't look to any of these uh, these great uh, giants of the faith that we are able to stand upon their shoulders. You right. can't do that. You right. have to uh, wrestle it out yourself. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. uh, some of these uh, some of these early heretics uh, were genuinely trying to figure out an issue I think so. uh, and began going in the wrong direction. Yeah, and, um, and this is dangerous because. Our, a, a, a wrong understanding of the incarnation is detrimental to our theology in every aspect. So mm-hmm. it changes, yeah. it changes our understanding of soteriology. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, if Jesus is not fully God or if he is not fully man, it changes, it changes our salvation. It changes yeah. the atonement. Right. It changes even the possibility of the resurrection. Right. Mm-hmm. It changes how God the Father, the Spirit, and the Son interact with right. one another. Mm-hmm. You see, this is a, this is, well, at Christmas time, it's what we focus on. The incarnation is a significant, significant. for us to get right. Mm-hmm. right. We need to be sure that we're, we're, that we're getting it right. Right, right. I think it's good. So, um, let's, uh, let's dive into our dead man talking first. Okay. Uh, as we, as I mentioned, uh, Augustine a second ago, um, he has such a uh, beautiful poetic, um, statement on the incarnation that helps us to understand, uh, its significance. Uh-huh. He writes, man's maker was made man that he, ruler of the stars, might nurse at his mother's breast, that the bread might hunger, the fountain thirst, the light sleep, mm. the way be tired on its journey, that the truth might be accused of false witness, the teacher be beaten with whips, mm. the foundation be suspended on wood, that strength might grow weak, 
that the healer might be wounded, mm. that life might die. Wow, yeah. Just a, a, a beautiful passage that yeah, brings yeah. the weight of the incarnation. It does, uh, man. That the light may sleep. Yeah. Man, that, I mean, I know there's several powerful right. uh, words in there, but that one right there is uh, pretty important to me because he is both. He is he, he is he is God in the sense that he is light. Mm-hmm. He is yeah. the light of the world. That John light, light from light eternal. Right. Yeah, John mm-hmm. 1 tells us that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yet Jesus, we know was sleeping in the boat while his right. disciples were yeah. outside mm-hmm. struggling because he was because he was human. And mm-hmm. this balance of these two things, I think, is where we've got to find we've got to find out where that exists. Yeah. How mm-hmm. how he is fully man and yet also fully yeah. God. One of my favorite um it's not our dead man talking today, but maybe a bonus dead man, uh, Saint Athanasius on the incarnation. That's mm-hmm. one of his uh, classics. You know, he writes, uh, God became man that man may become God. Yeah. Uh, this that that beauty, the, the beauty of the incarnation uh is that God Almighty uh, could have could have sent angels to tell us the message of salvation. Right, right. Uh, he could have written them in the stars. He could right. have uh, written them on stone, but instead yep. uh, he put on human flesh yeah, and sure. dwelt among us. He tabernacled among us. Yeah. Uh, what, what a beautiful truth. It is. So how, how do we understand this? How, how should we wrap our minds around the fact that God has come to us in Jesus, and yet he has come in a form that is fully man. Yeah. So there have been several heresies, as we've mentioned yeah. earlier. And, and it's important uh, to know these. It is. Uh, it to is. avoid these pitfalls, right? That's right. Exactly. That's why we need to be reading history, uh-huh. is so that we don't repeat the same things that we're... Yeah, uh, we walking we around, and, and we realize that we, we've adopted a theology of someone that's been, uh, <laughs> uh, you know... Uh, yeah, burned at the stake. Burned at the stake. we got a problem, right? <laughs> you got to work that out, you yeah. know? Uh, yeah, so... I, so you know, I just thought we would kind of walk through some of these uh, some of these guys that uh, that were marked as heresies mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. are heretical, and then uh, and then try to find a uh, a word, a creed, maybe that we could maybe uh, safeguard. Yeah, that we could put ourselves inside of mm-hmm. and say we we will stand with this with this creed. Yeah, mm-hmm. understanding that the Bible is. Right. God's word right. and the creeds of man are not right, right. But they do give us. They offer a, guardrails, they right? Do. Yeah, guardrails, and, and, and that's that's the the benefit of them. So, yeah. uh, give us a uh, John. You're you're really good with names. Uh, <laughs> yeah, give us I'm going I'm going to murder some of these names, right? So, as guys, a, but first off, but, to kind of put it in in into historical yeah. um, grounds, we look at there's uh, there was three major uh, councils that took place, and there were other councils, but three major councils that took place uh, in the early centuries of the church sure. where they were dealing with these issues. Uh, the first one, the Council of Nicaea, right. taking place in uh, in the 300s, uh, and then we have the Council of Chalcedon in right. 451, and the Council of Constantinople after that. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. each of these was wrestling with something uh, concerning the Godhead. How do they how do they interact? Who do they look like? What is their uh, personage like? Uh, and so, uh, go ahead. Yeah, John. and I think for us, the Council of Chalcedon in 451 is the one that helps us the most today, yeah. maybe. Uh, the Council of Chalcedon was uh, was trying to deal with this misunderstanding of Jesus and of what Christ actually is. Yeah, and so they were they were trying to fight against basically four heresies that had risen up in this time. Uh, one was uh, one was against Arius uh, and yeah. and who believed that uh, that God was fully man, mm-hmm. but not fully. He was I mean, the firstborn. Yeah, Go Jesus ahead. was the firstborn of creation. That's he right. wasn't he wasn't fully God. That's and right. Equal with God the Father. So that's the heresy of Arius, mm-hmm. the Arius of Apollinarius, the Arius of Apollinarius. <laughs> The heresy, <laughs> heresy of Apollinarius, yeah, uh, was that he was fully God yet not fully man. Right, yeah, and then there's the Harius of Nestorius. The Harius, you said it again. I like that. <laughs> really? Yeah. 
the heresy of Nestorius. <laughs> uh, it is. Uh, it, it's the idea that uh, that there are two distinct persons, right? So, and uh, and so God and man are not are not right. So the same. in Jesus Christ, there are two persons. That's right. There is yep. the Jesus and the Christ. That's right. Okay. And then and then there's the heresy of Eutychus. There you go. Yeah, you go. I did that good. one right. Uh, which is, I think, where uh, there's probably a lot of heresy even today, uh, and and that is that there is a blurring, yeah, a blended nature, a blended mm-hmm. nature of these two, uh, which is something that we're not going to get into. Which is the the danger of kenosis, yeah, uh-huh. that we uh, we had talked about uh, some uh, individually we had. So these are basically the four heresies that mm-hmm. this council determined to try to make a creed that would clarify right. against. Mm-hmm. So the 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 creed says yes he is fully God. Mm-hmm. Yes he is fully man. Mm-hmm. Yes he is one person. Right. No there is no blurring among them. Right. Yeah. So uh, so that would be a uh, one person with two distinct natures. That's exactly right. Uh, and yeah. and that's uh, you know we talk about the the Chalcedonian creed um and and around that same time the Athanasius creed came on these creeds were were seeking their best to uh to affirm and deny certain things about about the person and nature of Christ yeah, yeah. um and and ultimately these great men these great bishops were called together um and, and did did the work did the hard work to formulate these creeds that help yeah. us out today yeah, and we know because if you go back and read history, not everyone agreed with the Chalcedonian right, yeah. Council. Mm-hmm. And uh, and as a matter of fact, at the Chalcedonian Council, as a result of the Chalcedonian Council, there was a division mm-hmm. among the people of God. Yeah. I mean, there there are some there are some denominations of Christianity that even still exist today because of a split right. at the Chalcedonian right. Council. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, but for the most part. Orthodoxy can wrap their arms That's around right. the Chalcedonian Council and say, "Yes, this is as good as man can write it." Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the incarnation. We okay. we would say that uh, in the person of Jesus, that there is one person, the Godhead, one hundred percent man, yes, one hundred percent God, yes, uh, and He has put on human flesh, yes. Uh, so He has not lost anything of yeah. His deity by putting on human flesh. Uh, but he has added humanity. Right. And so I think there's a few important uh, implications here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one is that idea that he doesn't lose anything in his deity by becoming um, man. That's right. Uh, so I, I, I had a Bible professor one time talk about if he uh, if he went to the uh, a Corvette dealer and asked to uh, give it a spin mm-hmm. uh, and take it on a test ride, and he took it down some of these uh, nice little Mississippi back roads – uh, and got it covered with dirt yes. and takes it back to the uh, Corvette uh, Museum or, or the Corvette uh, dealership. Yeah. Uh, and they were to say, what did you do with this car? He would say, I didn't do anything to it. Right. It right. just added mud. It's the same car, right? <laughs> that's right. Uh, yeah. That's that's almost the same thing that we see in Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, he doesn't diminish his deity. Sure. He just puts on human flesh. Sure, which I think going back to my point about the kenosis, kenosis theology <coughs> is I think there's a danger in that in saying yeah. that – that Christ did, in fact, lose some of his deity. Right, yeah. It was one of the heresies that the Chalcedonian yeah. Council was attempting to combat against. That's right. That's is right. That, no, he did not. Just because he put on the humanity mm-hmm. did not mean that he it negates his deity. That's right. That's right. So, that's and so how does this work? How can God and man dwell in, in one person? Yeah. Uh, how does that, that – that's the issue, right? Um, how can God become a baby? Yeah. How can the maker of worlds 
be a helpless babe. Yeah, uh, and, and that's and that's the beauty of the incarnation. That's the mystery of the incarnation. It is. Really. And I think we have this one of those mysteries that we have to embrace. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and and this is not the only theological idea that requires our faith. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> you know, this may be an important one, but a lot of theological ideas just it, they it, it requires our faith, mm-hmm. which is the which is what we are. We're right. faith filled people. That's right. right? That's so, right. So uh, there's no explanation to how exactly that it happens, mm-hmm. but we know that it does happen. And, and we know there's some sticky uh, there's some sticky issues of how this plays out in the life of Jesus of you know yeah. um, with his deity how much did he, did he how much of his uh, omnipotence does he obtain right you know uh, yeah. uh, th- these things are are uh, good believers can can wrestle with these ideas yeah uh, but yeah. we must not lose the idea that he is indeed very God a very God yeah. Yeah. and very man a very man yes absolutely and so you've got these pictures like you just said well you've got the Paul's paragraph or hymn, Philippians chapter two, verses five through eleven, uh, that that will that will add to this mystery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To me, you've got this picture of Jesus in the garden. Yeah. To me, that's that's a great mystery yeah. there, where mm-hmm. the Godhead is is before where, where Christ is before God, yeah. pleading with God, mm-hmm. right? But yeah. saying. Not my will, but your will That's be right. done. Mm-hmm. That adds to the mystery, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And so, and even even on the cross, uh, my God, my yep. God, why have you forsaken me? That's right. That's um, right. And you can take it all the way back to the humility of being born in a stable. That's right. Mm-hmm. To me, that adds to the yeah. mystery. Mm-hmm. But yet, Scripture teaches me that yes, indeed, even lying in the manger mm-hmm. at that moment. He was born of the virgin mm-hmm. because he was conceived of the spirit mm-hmm. and he was yeah. fully God as yeah. he laid in that stable. Mm-hmm. And that's an important part of our Christmas theology. Right. Is that we understand that yes indeed the baby that was born was fully God. Fully God. And we want to still, we want to have one hand on fully God, one hand on 100% God. Yep. But we don't need to forget that that baby in the manger was fully human. He was. And is, what are the implications of this um, theologically? Um, yeah, it means you shouldn't sing Silent Night. I don't know about that. <laughs> Listen, kidding. it's poetic. Come on. <laughs> I'm um, just kidding. <laughs> you know, my, my son loves Silent Night. And this is how, this is the reason why. Um, because after every stand, after every uh, line, he goes, <laughs> so it's great. Uh, uh, so that's, that's the reason why he loves it. Um, but as we think about um, God and man in, in one person, in the person of Jesus Christ, and even in the yeah. title, Jesus Christ, Christ being Messiah, mm-hmm. uh, that's a divine name, yeah. uh, Jesus being uh, God with us, you know, right, that, right. That, that, that Yahweh saves. Um, even in the name, there's that the hint of the incarnation and the hint of his, 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 his nature. Um, but as we think about that, why does, why, why the God man? Why does, why does God have to be man? Why does Jesus have to be man and God? And, and you're right. You mentioned earlier, this plays into our, our salvation and our redemption. Sure. Uh, God became man because man had to pay a penalty for sin. That's exactly uh, right. No one else could, could pay the penalty. And so the perfect man had to do it. The representative right. man had to That's do right. it. Yeah. Um, and at the same time, uh, there could have been no man that could have withstood the wrath of God mm. and rose again in perfection yeah. Yeah. that had to be God. That's exactly um, right. And so we, we have to have these both, the God-man. Yeah. We have to have him, and we have him in Jesus. Yeah, I mean, man had to pay the penalty, mm-hmm. but yet God mm-hmm. is the only one that could pay the penalty. Right, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's perfect. It is. It, it is absolutely perfect. And it, and it's 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 beautiful that, that God is. decides to do this. Yeah. And then you mentioned the humility of it. That um, I love Philippians 2. You mentioned mm-hmm. uh, Christ being in the form of God, uh, did not consider the beauties, the excellencies of heaven, something to be grasped, but let them go. Yeah, um, yeah. To become a servant, even to death on the cross, right. and then we're uh, assured one of the one of the beautiful 
implications of the incarnation is that today Jesus is still man. Yeah, yeah. That he still yeah. he does not relinquish man. He took right. that on forever. That was right. a final act yeah. of of adding man to himself. Yeah. Sitting at the right hand. Sitting at the right hand of God. That and, at his name. And that's if Philippians that's it. continues that's it. Right. to move yeah. forward. And the beauty of that is never before in history, uh, after the fall, could man be in the presence of God. Yeah. yeah. But now yeah. There is a man who sits at the right hand of God, yeah, and he yeah. is our elder brother who ushers us in. Yeah, uh, that's the beauty of the incarnation. Yeah, co-heirs with Jesus. That's it. You know, I love the story about uh, that David Platt tells. I'm sure he got it from somewhere else, but he tells a story about a man who's trying to uh, who's trying to make himself right with God, mm-hmm. and he talks about how difficult it is. And I'm probably murdering this story, yeah. but it, it gets the point across. <laughs> you said, yeah. I don't know. I've never heard yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. sure you are. So he talks about how, uh, how, how most belief systems give you a means by which to climb the mountain right. and meet your God. Mm-hmm. They give you the way that you get up the mountain to meet your God. Our God doesn't give us a way to climb the mountain mm-hmm. to meet our God. Mm-hmm. Our God climbs down the mountain to meet us. Right, right. And this is what happens in the incarnation. Mm-hmm. Christ yeah. has come down to meet us yeah. and to offer us our salvation. And and we need to be certain that we have a good a good theology of the incarnation as we enter Christmas time, but again as I start as I said earlier throughout the ages mm-hmm. because it affects every other aspect of our theology. Not only every other aspect of our theology, but we would say that this theology affects our practical ministry. It does. And indeed it that's what we're talking about here, right? Um uh, Practical theology for plain people. That's right. Um, that's right. What, what is what, what is practical about the incarnation? Well, I think we see in the example of Jesus, uh, the ministry of Jesus being a very hands-on in the yeah. presence mm-hmm. of His people, mm-hmm. walking with those disciples, yeah. touching and healing people that needed to be healed. Mm-hmm. When you talk about the incarnation, yes, yeah, God coming down to us. But Jesus' ministry in the in, was very incarnational in the sense that he dwelt among us. That's right. He dwelt with us. Mm-hmm. And so as I think as we talk about the practical applications of this theology, it is, believer, we dwell among the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so our application is that we ought to be among the people, mm-hmm. among the people doing similar as Jesus, mm-hmm. sharing the message of reconciliation. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, and you know, I think about the idea of Jesus... Um, not only does he reveal to us who God is. Yeah. Indeed, he does. Yeah. Uh, he yeah. is, uh, you know, uh, John 1 continues on, uh, no man has seen God, but in Christ mm. we, we, we see him, right? Right, right. Um, uh, but not only does he reveal who God is, but Jesus, by becoming man, reveals us what we ought to be. Yeah. And yeah. so there is a, a definitely an imitation of Christ theology that is sure. brought from that. Um, that we are able to give our people. Yeah. Uh, and it's not only, I mean, Jesus experienced the full range of human life. Jesus knew what it was to lose a father. Right. Yeah. Uh, Jesus knew what it was to lose a friend. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Jesus, Jesus understood what sin looked like mm. on the ground floor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so he is able to come to us in comfort now. Yeah. yeah. Um, God knows what it's like to lose a son. Yeah. And we are able to, uh, we were able to show that to our people. Uh, Jesus knows what loss is because he dwelled among us. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I love this quote and I got this article, The Incarnation of God and the People of the Incarnation by Keith Whitfield off the International Mission Board's website. And it says this, it says, the incarnation of the Son of God is not only central to the biblical narrative, it also determines 
informs and provides the basis for the church's mission. Yeah. So everything you've just said about how how Jesus can relate to us, yeah. mm-hmm. that is what drives and informs and provides the basis for mm-hmm. our mission. Yeah. We we have to we have to be on the level of the people in order to speak the message of the gospel to the people. Yeah, that's good. God has set us apart for this purpose. Mm-hmm. I mean, this way he says, "Go and make disciples," mm-hmm. right? That that is an incarnational right, command, yeah. it, which, which is the problem. Go. Which is the which is the problem of e church. Uh, you know, the problem of uh, of e church is not just a uh, it's not just a you you need to you need to not you need to be in a building and not on your phone. Right. Like, that's not the idea. The, the problem agree. is is a failure to understand proper um, uh, anthropology. Right. That's right. Uh, yeah. We we are a people that that need relationship. Absolutely. So much so that God in His divine personhood is in relationship right that's right yeah, uh, and he yeah. comes down to us so we uh, we we need to have that practical that that um in your face ministry right yeah, that and, hands on and that has always been yeah. always been the practice of the new testament church mm-hmm. from acts chapter 2 even unto today the church has been incarnational yeah and 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 i think it is a step too far to take the incarnation out mm-hmm. of the church yeah and I think it's maybe because we have a bad theology of the incarnation. Yeah, I think so. We don't really understand so. what Christ Listen, has done for us. You know, uh, not to smash e church, but um, uh, you know, self self cashiers are great at Walmart, uh, but self preachers are not going to help you. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it, it's just it's just not that's that's not the the method of of uh, that's not the the the. The way that Christ has given us. Yeah, and you know, and you know, what's so amazing is that Christ was with his disciples. And he also knew intimately, of course, the needs of his disciples, yeah. and he spoke into that, mm-hmm. which means, pastors, you not only have to be among your people, but you have to be aware of the needs of your people mm-hmm. and speak into that. That's yeah. what incarnational That's ministry right. does. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not just a, yeah, I live in the same zip code as those people. Mm-hmm. No, it's bigger than that. Yeah, it is. Jesus knew his disciples greater than yeah. that, obviously. Mm-hmm. But and, and I think our call is to be incarnational with our people. And mm-hmm. and this only becomes from a, a, a good understanding of what Jesus has yeah. done for us. And one of the, my favorite aspects of the incarnation is the, the reconciliation that that is. Um, what a beautiful picture of God and man reconciled. They're reconciled yeah, yeah. in the person of Jesus. Yeah, yeah. And moreover than that, uh, we look at the uh, the first acts of Jesus uh, as a baby. Yeah. You know, his first act was an act of reconciliation, sure. uh, calling the shepherds and the wise men to himself, yeah, east and west, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. socioeconomic. You're bringing the poor and the rich. Yep. You're bringing different races. You're bringing yeah, you're, you're yeah. reconciling man to man. Yeah, uh, and yeah. this is a complete reversal of what uh, of the curse that we see in Genesis three. Yeah, indeed, it's the promise, right? Uh, your, your seed will come, and and the seed from woman will crush the serpent's head. Yeah. That's what we see happening in the yeah. birth of Jesus. Yeah, so again, I think the incarnation ought to affect every aspect of our ministry, and I think that, uh, that it ought to, it ought to influence us in the how we do our work. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, it needs to be a proper understanding of the incarnation. Right. right. And I, I think we've covered a lot of ground. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, we've cut her, covered, covered. Man, my goodness. I'm kind of What would you, what'd you, what, you didn't say heresies. What'd you say? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, but it was good. We need to uh, <laughs> listen. Watch out for heresies, and watch out for Harris. <laughs> Whoever Harris is, I don't know who Harris is. But watch, I got a, I got a couple Harrises in my church, so <laughs> yeah. we got to watch out for them. Oh me, yes, yes, yes. That's great. 
it's well, too early in the morning. That's right. Well, I've enjoyed our uh, our uh, uh, practical theology for plain people today, especially as we come to the Christmas season. Yeah. Um, it having a good idea of the incarnation is going to help us sing those Christmas songs. Oh man, it's going to help yeah. us worship. Because because if you'll go back to last week and uh, if you listen to the whole thing, most of bless most, you, yeah, most of the hymns that we talked about. We said we're simple, and yet they were filled with theology. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that theology that they're filled with was the coming of the Christ. Right. Yeah, that's right. And uh, and the coming of the Christ is the incarnation of God for our salvation. Mm-hmm. And it, it it is the thing that we celebrate at Christmas. Yeah. And it's why we gather with our families. That's true. Isn't that amazing? It's yeah. why we gather mm-hmm. with our families. Yeah. Being with our families is because... Christ came to be with us and yeah. dwell among us. It's it's why we it's why we sing and celebrate at Christmas in our churches. The incarnation is what it's all about. Yeah, that's good. That's that's good. <laughs> Mic drop. That's right. That's right. Well, as we finish up, uh, you're still preaching through theology at Christmas time. I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How, how are you enjoying that? Oh, I am enjoying it. I don't think my people are. No, that's, good. that's good. But I, I am enjoying it. So I'm talked, I've talked about the humility, the atonement, the reconciliation, and the incarnation of Christmas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know what? You know what Sunday I always have a hard time with? What's that? That Sunday between. The Sunday after Christmas? Yeah. So yeah. Mm-hmm. because because you're kind of in between, you don't really know if you should keep on on Christmas or if you should go ahead and start something new because yeah. it's not yet the new year. January's coming. You want to yeah. start afresh then. That Sunday, I always struggle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but yeah, I know? agree with that. And one, you also probably have a short week because Christmas is that it week. It is a short so, week. Yeah. Yeah, I understand that. I'll tell you one thing I did, um, uh, in between one time that mm-hmm. worked out really well mm-hmm. is I had about three sermonettes. They weren't full fledged sermons. Yeah. I had good ideas for them and, and I had fleshed them out a little bit, uh, but I hadn't fleshed out any one of them. I didn't know which one to preach. And so I just kind of came and preached all three. <laughs> and I told my folks, I said, listen, I got, Three sermonettes, and I'm yeah, gonna preach yeah, yeah. all. I'm gonna get my money's worth today because yeah, yeah. they used to joke they paid me per sermon. Yeah. And so I told them I was gonna <laughs> preach three sermons that day, yeah. and uh, I'd preached one one point, and I would say, "All right, stop. Yeah, yeah. now we're gonna start another one." Yeah, and yeah. it ended up being very effective, and, and, it, and it dealt with uh, Christmas themes, and I was able to yeah. cover a lot of ground, and um, um, it went well. Do y'all Christmas Eve service? We do not. We do not either. No. Mm-hmm. Okay, just curious. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, I've enjoyed today, John. Yeah, this um, has been good. I that's think. right. I'm really excited about our next episode. Um, yeah, I, I don't want to say anything yet. Yeah, I'm too. But it's I, good. I think it's going to be good. It's I think gonna it's really going to be fun. something everyone can enjoy. That's and, right, and, and something that a lot of people are not going to know about. That's right. So I'm I'm excited about it. Uh, but uh, we uh, if we hope that if you've enjoyed this podcast that you will like rate and review us on iTunes. Hey, it takes like uh, three minutes to write a review, and we greatly appreciate them. So please uh, write us some reviews. Share us with a friend. Uh, if you have a pastor that you know, a pastor friend that has questions, uh, and they ask you, don't answer them. Just send them to this podcast, right? Uh, and then you can come back and correct all our mistakes. So uh, we appreciate our listeners, and we will see you next time. Until then, keep loving your imperfect church, and remember, one day she will be perfect in glory.